Welcome to Creative Conversations with Costume Designers. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, us costume designers have a lot to say about what it looks like to tell stories with clothing. I'm your host, Mandy Line. I've been a costume designer for the last 22 years. During COVID-19 lockdown, I felt lost, not being able to make words on a page come to life through costume design. I decided to reach out to my peers, come to find that they felt the same way. I decided to seize the moment and start this podcast. We don't need a lockdown to want to be inspired, motivated, and entertained. So each week, tune in to hear amazing, (laughs) unexpected stories of what it looks like to be a costume designer to them. No one's story is the same. Trust me. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. Each episode is brought to you by the Western Costume Company, your one-stop shop for all your costume needs. I had just done this interview days before this epic costume designer, the Sharon Davis, won her Emmy for Watchmen. I'm so excited to share with you this memorable interview and touch on the life of this costume designer that will go down in history. Here we go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I don't want, do me a favor. Go up. There's a little bit of room at the top. Go have your head come up a little bit. Cause I just don't want your face blocked. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it right. Can you go up a little more? Uh, I no. cannot. No. That's it. Okay. That's okay. That's fine. This is cause I just don't want your face blocked by all these words, but this is going to be awesome. Thank you for being here. Yeah. You look gorgeous. This is great. This is perfect. I was looking at your glasses on some interviews online and I don't wear glasses, but I'm loving your glasses. That's what I was. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank you for being here this morning. So Emmy nominated, I mean, how, first of all, taking the time to join me, I know you probably have a million calls and a million interviews. Thank you for taking this time. How are you? How are you feeling about this hype in this state of, you know, the world? It's kind of like the super high in this interesting time. Yeah, it's pretty, um, you know, excited about the nomination, you know, but challenged about the COVID. Right. I think it gives us like hope though, you know. Oh yeah. And of course I do love that the whole campaign is on Zoom. That makes me happy. So, uh, (laughs) no, that's, no, that's going to be. So awesome. And uh, what I want to do really quick is for the viewers that are coming in, people are coming in, I just want to give a little backstory to your credits. I mean, here's the thing, people. I don't got time to go through every single damn credit. So I'm going to go through my favorites, if you don't mind sharing for a moment. Okay. So you were, uh, you completed Project Power, which is it already dropped or is it about to? Oops, it drops this Saturday. Okay, Saturday, so we all know what we're doing Saturday. And uh, Emmy nominated this year for Watchmen, the pilot, which set the tone for the entire show. And if anyone knows how hard pilots are, woo! <laughs> Good job, Sharon. Thank you. Then we've got Academy Award winning movie Fences, Academy Award winning movie Django, Academy Award winning movie The Help, Academy Award winning movie Dream Girls, Academy Award winning Ray. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then a couple of my favorites. If you guys haven't seen this, Rush Hour and Money Talks were 
OG comedies. Like, did you have a blast working on those? Oh my God. Yes, I indeed I did. I really enjoyed those were, that was ex when my career was starting to change into um, a little more collected, eclectic kind of films as opposed to just period. So this was oh really fun. I mean, I'm looking at your resume and you got in, but let me tell you, you escalated pretty damn fast to these huge movies. Now, am I right? You were an actress. What, what did that transition look like? Um, well, I was an actor singer in theater. Okay. Then I moved to Los Angeles and then I started um, helping a friend do costumes. I mean, I trained in costumes as all good theater arts majors do every aspect. You do every um, part, right. And I just really found it exciting. You know, I, I mean, I used what I knew from acting. I had to go back and take a lot of courses to, you know, learn how to really, you know, get the construction underway and made to order. But, you know, the acting really helped. And I've done the art department and I've done script supervising and I've done special effects. I've wow. Been so I've been, you know, I've been in the business for quite a while. Do you remember back in the day, I remember some of my first low budget movies they would have me apply the squibs to the costumes. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. right. Now we give it to special effects, but we always did it ourselves. What do you mean? Right? We did everything ourselves. Seriously. Speaking of when you got into the industry, what, do you have that moment or that person when you – I know that I was looking – I actually was watching part of that movie Equinox, one of your first films, and you had Laura Flynn Boyle, um, uh, uh, what, uh, Matthew Modine. The list of it, it, it was such an interesting, and that director is so unique and eclectic. Was, was that one of the films that was like, yeah, meant to be in this business? Or do we take it to more like Ray when your career changed? Or did you feel it from the get go? That was my first design film, and that's what made me pursue it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very creative, you know, um, it was the early 90s and a very, uh, very diverse crew. I mean, it was an extremely diverse crew. Like everyone, it was like the United Nations of a crew. So I thought, oh, this is awesome, you know, and everyone kind of had an input and he just himself is such an amazing artist. So I, it was uh, really hard. Um, that's where I met Allison Fanger Ross. <laughs> you met her because yeah. I was gonna say the reason, like I've heard of your career, I've heard of your body of work, but I actually thought you were untouchable. And then Allison, Mandy, you gotta get Sharon. Mandy, you gotta get Sharon. I'm like, she would want to talk to me. She just loves you. So that's where you guys met. She's the costume designer of Grace and Frankie. What was she like a assistant, assistant designer? How did you Um she basically was acting as A C D, I would say. Yeah. Got it. And you guys just clicked? Yeah. Isn't that a cool thing when you know you're like, okay, this person is meant to be in the business. Right. Like, yeah. That's so cool. Wow. Okay. So going from Equinox, oh, Equinox, it's so funny to think about it. Um, having that vibe of the art house, uh, you know, eclectic, uh, a very creative kind of, you know, base in your career. That's where you start off up, you know. Then you get to, I mean, I think it's five years, about seven years later, you're doing Ray with Taylor Hackford. And I read an interview. If, if students out there, if you don't know who Taylor Hackford is, 
you need to look at him up because he's a great study, right? How yeah. did that how did that connection happen? Because that led you, your career took off after Ray. How did you guys, you and Taylor Hackford, get together? I must say, I had just signed with Sandra Marsh Management. And Sandra Marsh herself got me that interview. And everybody, was, agent got, this is good. This is good to say. Yeah, I love to hear she that. It. She did it. And um, I met with him, and I do have a music background, so that really helped. Smart. And, we, you know, if you, if you just, you know, if you sync up, you sync up with the director. I think you know, that so we just talked. I mean, it was hours, and it just was meant to be. Oh, and this was the original interview with Taylor Hackford. It was that yeah. long. Wow. Yeah. See, that's so cool. And you know, like you're like, okay, I'm vibing off of this already. And was that your first experience with Jamie Fox? That was my introduction to Jamie. Yes, that, that, that's where it all started. <laughs> how was that with? And we talk a lot about about research and how important that is because a lot of students are coming into this industry going, you know, I have great style or I can shop. And I'm like, well, it's a whole different monster when you need to do research. It's, did you use a research assistant or did you just dive in? You know, well, this with was an independent film. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a studio film. So we, we had a research person, but Ray was still alive. During this and day. Had, yeah. So we had all these photos from him. And, 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 you know, you then take that information and then you create off of it. You know, I didn't, of course, everything wasn't exactly, but it, sometimes it would be, and sometimes I would, you know, be creative and make up the story that no one knew was on me, you know, him in his house, him on the drugs. Right. So, and that, that's true because that's not what you're going to find on paper, but that's what we want to know about. And that's that real, uh, uh, talking about real costume design, even though, and we'll get to Westworld, everybody, we'll get to uh, Watchmen, everybody. But what was so interesting is I was looking at your credits. And when I was getting into the industry, I saw, uh, am I saying it right, Aquila in the Beef? Yes. <laughs> okay. I know this may sound like to any students watching, like, whatever, it's just real costumes. For some reason, Sharon, when I sat in the movie theater and watched it, I said, I want to do a real story. Because I started in sci-fi and, you know, I tell people like how it's not always just going to shop when you're telling a story about a girl, you know, from the inner city and what happens, that you really take that character on that arc in that movie. Right. I mean, of course, it's, it's her being so shy, but having this amazing talent, this God-given, born talent. And you have to reflect that in her clothes and in her insecurity. It was and then when she starts her groove, how she starts getting a little more secure, yet she's still young. You know, you want to keep that naivety and that, that youth in her clothing. I remember seeing that. I remember telling my boyfriend we were sitting watching, and I remember seeing even just the color palette change. And I remember going... Like, and I had just started to, and I was thinking, oh, this is so cool. I want to do something like this. So even back in that simple, real movie, I saw, like, what it took. You know what I mean? That's kind of – and then, of course, you've got Dream Girls, uh, Oscar-nominated, congratulations. And uh, then – okay, wait, I've got my many, <laughs> many questions. So we get into the help, right? So – I see most of your movies and you've got like this dark, you know, those natural palettes. And then, wait, are you there? Oh crap, did you freeze? She'll be coming back, hold on. 
She's going to come back in. It's going to be fine. My voice is not so bad. I want to ask about the help, and don't worry, I'm going to get to Watchman <coughs> and to Westworld. Okay, I think you're back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Perfect. So we are going to get, I'm getting all these texts that say, you know, we got to get to Watchmen. But one of the things, of course, I can talk forever about the color use in, uh, in the help. When you were designing the help, you know, I'm used to watching your films and you've got like this grit. Whoever likes the help, let me know because it's a genius movie. And then all of a sudden you've got this color palette. Was that breaking out of the, you know, how did that feel for you? Oh, that was quite scary. Right. Big floral <laughs> prints, big patterns, you know, but I, I feel, you know, I was born in the South and I feel that was really important that these women showed their power through their clothing. And, and showed, uh, there was a quote about like, these are babies having babies, right? Yeah, exactly. So they looked like little right. girls. They basically were inspired by the junior line in JCPenney's. <laughs> Seriously, and but, but that's, that's what, one of the things that I've read, like, oh my God, so many articles on you. One of the things that I find with your costume designing is you dig so deep into the evolution, into the arc, into the backstory. Crap, crap, I think I'm losing her again. That's okay, we're gonna get it right back. This is awesome. We've got like 50 people tuned in. This is going to be great. She's going to come right back. I just saw Cynthia Summers. How are you? Let's see if I have a voice after this. Okay, there we are. Cool. Um, I got to apologize. Uh, they're working on my roof today and, and my internet. No. Don't worry. When Sal Perez was on here, oh my God, it kept on cutting out every friggin' second because they were working on his house. So this is what quarantine interviews look like this is real life <laughs> so you made such a profound statement in in the help and i could talk about Django forever but i do have one question what was it like working with my boyfriend leo did he talk about me like that much like back then did he talk about mandy <laughs> damn it that was a funny question and the internet went out she'll come back to it because i really want to know because i was dating leo by the way back then so hopefully uh you know he mentioned me we like to keep our relationship on the hush and on down low leo's um sometimes i let him have young girlfriends oh, there we go so i was saying working with leonardo DiCaprio. did he talk about me a lot back then <laughs> all, the, all the time it was making me jealous like can we thank just discuss your wardrobe please thank you extremely <laughs> nice person very nice I love that I'm going to keep this little segment forever. This is going to be awesome. So besides the fact that, uh, you know, working with Quentin Tarantino must have been like training for the rest of your life. Was that just a trip? Oh, it was, it was exciting. It was great. He's a genius. Um, it was great to collaborate with him. Right. He responded really well to illustrations. And I had uh, Gina Flanagan and, um, and Felipe Sanchez, they both were on and did amazing jobs. It was a great experience. I like when you find when the different directors communicate different ways. Do you start with the base kind of like ideas? Do you do like a quick sketch or do you do mood boards? How do you get to that sketch process? Um, if it's a heavy period show, the mood boards are really not going to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I usually start with illustrations, with yeah. quick sketch and then 
you know, my stick figure drawings. And then I hired an amazing, you know, one of our concept artists in our 892 to make it come alive. <laughs> right? You just realized once I got out of lower budget and I had a little bit of money, I remember it's like just sitting even on the arrangement that show that I did about, um, you know, the ups and downs of Hollywood and she would go to the red carpet all the time. And I kept on looking, looking on Instagram picture. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I've got to make this, you know, it gets to that point where I, it just needs to be something beautiful and you need to sketch it. And you then all of a sudden the sketch artist comes together and you're like, this came alive. Right? You give them the fabric sample. You do your flat drawing, like a pattern. Right. And I just lay all the fabric with tape like next to it and the trim and the whole, you know, back and forth, mm -hmm. inverted pleat, whatever I want on it, you know, and then this wonderful work of art procures from their brain. <laughs> you know, it's so good to know. I always wonder what the experts like you do, but we get down to the same thing. It's nothing fancy. We're still just starting from, you know, right. scratch and coming up with these ideas. Uh, speaking of... Congratulations on your costume designers guild for uh, award for Westworld. Like, thank you. Just, uh, I had never got into Westworld until. So my friend Derek, he's gonna kill me. He's told me to watch it forever. I started watching your season last night at about eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Those viewers out there that I know love this show, so. Tell me, you've got, and I've only got into like episode three, how many time periods you've got, uh, let, let's just take Evan Rachel Wood, right? You've got the Western, the, uh, how many, she goes back three different? She was just Western and future. You know, okay. it was, Tandy actually did the spectrum. That's the one, right? She did the mono. Yeah. yeah, she did everything. Future, Western, going back to um, Trisha's amazing designs from the pilot. You know, um, we did, we touched on a little bit of Western, you know, it was, it was really fascinating when I, when I thought I was just coming on to just keep Trisha's, Trisha Birdville's clothes alive. Ah, They're like, no, I know. No. we were going to India and Japan and yeah. Did you crazy. actually go there? No, we, you know, India and Japan in. Of course. <laughs> no question on that kimono, which was so beautiful. Fabric sourcing, um, do you do international? I mean, you probably do a little bit of both, but that one in particular, where did you end up, barring begging, so where did you end up finding that? It was so pretty. Um, I'm, I'm all over. No, that was, I barely source in Europe because I never have time to wait for that stuff. You are, you are, um, you are though. I, I, I probably got that at FNS. Yeah. But the, the deal was, I was, trying to match the same patterns that Trish did in the Western clothes to each of these characters. To so keep everything that right. I did really matched what they wore as, as when they do their Western wear. That is so cool. And that's why there's this feel of this continuous thread through that. We've got this guest saying the samurai costume world was amazing. Yeah, world. Not only are you just doing the actors, you're doing the world. <laughs> yeah, the oh world God. was incredible to design. I mean, it was, it was, I really enjoyed it. I was just thrown right in there. One of the questions that I was asked is, in Westworld and the background, how much do you get involved 
with the background, you know? Is that something that you take on too? Of course you have a crew, but is that something you love getting into well, also? It, you know, in that episode, it's so highly designed. You have to do every aspect exactly. of everyone's clothes. So yeah, I, I mean, I take on the background at the beginning, especially on Westworld, everything, mm -hmm. everything's a stylized kind of look. Do you, uh, is it something that, because I'm finding talking to you, I think you're a big fan of sci-fi. Like that's doing Looper, doing, you know, Westworld. Is that getting into this genre? Like Evan Rachel Woods, um, clean, that black dress. It was almost like a halter, the seams, all, you got to combine this love of sci-fi and Western. Did you ever think like you got on this going, this is kind of all in one, right? Was it just like mind blowing? Yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, sci-fi is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just alternate reality or just something highly creative that doesn't involve uh, modern day fashion. <laughs> Takes you kind of no, it takes you, and, you know, looking in Westworld, it was really cool that you took her, her Western look, but then you, when she, she changed over and got a little more tough, you still kept the elements of that, but you left the skirt, showed the underpinnings, and was that, because I know, I know her, I worked with her on a movie, was that a big collaboration between you two? Or was that a director's vision or was that, you know, more of an actor and costume designer vision? I'm going to say that the showrunner reached out when I got hired and then I approached Evan and she loved the idea, you know, and so we both kind of figured what would be gone and what she had been through. We took a journey, uh, you know, a journey, a character journey to get her where she was. Well, speaking of character journeys, this morning I woke up at eight o'clock. And I was going through all this information on Watchmen. Now, my friend Ken, who told me to watch this show, I think he underestimates how smart I am. That <laughs> friggin' show is so highly, <clears throat> you've got the movie, you've got the comic book, then you've got the pilot. And I'm right. going back and forth. So one of the, I have a couple questions on that one. When you got the job, how... Uh, there was a quote, oh, here, a quote from the um, creator. He was saying that the whole series from the pilot was collaborated, calculated, and planned up front. Did you know in building and setting the look, did you know what was to come to involve that? Or from, exactly. You mean, when we started, did I have, well, you mean, did we have a, we had a big discussion I mean, well, I mean, because sometimes you start a show and then, you know, they're developing it as it goes. So you don't really know what to tie into these costumes. Did oh, you no. know? He knew the entire arc of all those episodes. Isn't that? Uh, yeah. Because I would do something good. No, you, I'm going to, and I can't, you know, I wasn't signed to do the rest of the episodes. So yeah. he would go, you, I'm going to just give you a hint. <laughs> and then you give me a hint. That's that what happened to me too. And then he was, he was kind enough to let uh, me and Alan, the uh, concept artist, stay on and do other concepts of the upcoming episode. So that was pretty cool. No, that's so awesome. And, and truly, this, to me, shows this pilot, it really set a tone. Like, it set everything for the rest of the friggin' show. So when I dove into these costumes, one of the coolest things that I found, okay, 
So I found this interview with Regina King. And of course, this is the epic. Wait, I'm going to turn off my light so it doesn't glow on there. This is the epic costume that you ended up designing, okay? Right, yeah. But, but Regina said, and this is just information online, so you know better than me, that when she got called to do the show, she was reading the script and there was a concept drawing. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. So as a costume designer, and I know fellow costume designers are dying to know the process, and Regina gives you so much praise online of getting from point A to point B. How did those fittings look? Were you just creating in the fitting room? Oh, it was definitely create. You know, here, Alan and I were going hog wild, and she wasn't hired yet. So we didn't know actually who it was. Oh, you so, did well, Once we got a, we heard that she was going up for the part, then we had to, like, we started recalculating because she's very petite. Um, yeah, the masks themselves or any kind of the headgear, it, it, it takes at least 25 fittings to get how you're going to change it. Because look what it went to that from the other, from the, um, yeah. So my thing as a costume designer, the first thing I want to know is how did you get that hood? It is perfection. When she puts it on, it stays. What did you build that with? What is in there holding that? Um, can I say that there are many hoods, and they were they are only perfection for the day. Okay. I mean, those hoods had to be reworked and reconstructed almost every time she worked. It I was, believe it. It was, and some would be good for sitting. Some were good for running. Some were, you know, it was definitely a detachable hood that had to. We had to constantly just work it for whatever action she had. But that's what people, that's exactly what the show is for. People love to hear that. And uh, on Pretty Little Liars, Joan Rivers came into my trailer mm -hmm. once. And there was all these black hoodies because the killer had a black hoodie. And she goes, why do you have like 30 of them? And I said, oh, because when they shoot from the side, I have to cover the face. And when they shoot from here, I have to have the gap. I, a hood is a night, is a whole nother character. <laughs> right. right. And the, yeah. And especially with all that black. You know, the only thing that was left actually was a little white um, piece in the front just to break up some of the black. That's Which true. Is, That's all that was left from this. But I cut it really low, almost to her waist, so we would have that 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 none aspect still to her costume. What I I just love digging into things and finding that story behind all this, and it just uh, it. it blows me away your tailoring I mean down these are the things that you know aspiring costume designers even that wrist even that yeah. elbow I mean that is tailored to an inch of her life is that a stretch fabric it's leather with stretch insets <sighs> I you know what Halloween costumes galore um wait what's the pilot girl the the pilot with the mat with the fishnet Oh, you know what? I didn't do her. She oh. was added after. Even though they put her in the pilot. Interesting. Because yeah. I'm trying to decide who I want to be for Halloween. I mean, I think I might have to pull off this case. So <laughs> I might be giving you a call, Sharon, because this is just, just epic in what you've done. Did you get to see, speaking of Watchmen, did you get to see the Seattle police 
and the Watchmen cops that you created. That was crazy, wasn't it? Oh my God, like, oh my God, look, a scene out of Watchmen. <laughs> and I mean, okay, so which kind of leads me to my next question, and I know you've probably been asked this a million times, and I know Damon's been asked this a million times, and it's something like Spike Lee. So Spike Lee makes a movie, and then all of a sudden it mimics life 20 years later. So you've got a show like Watchmen, you've got the script, and then masks come to fruition and hiding and, 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 you know, our identities and who we really are without our mask. And did that just send your mind for like, wow, we did something close to that? Like what, oh, what? It was unbelievable. You know, when you would look in the paper and you would see a sea of mask on a person, especially during black lives matters. Right. It just, I, I mean, I was just floored. I mean, when we start putting the mask in the pilot series, we were all very unsure how this would, you know, look or, or the idea of, of a peace officer having to hide his identity because he would be killed, you know. And then now, now it is now, no. Here we are. I mean, the pilot, you, you guys got 8 million viewers on this pilot. Did you, did you have, what was the time span when you, wrapped Watchmen to when it premiered. Was it a, a long way? I believe okay. I wrapped July 2018 and then premiered 2019, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't quick. So for it to hit and watch something that you did kind of come to life, I mean, this is, yeah. this is a trip. I mean, I just want to say congratulations. People are just, oh, excuse me, I'm going to take this off. No, not view. Hold on. Now my phone's going to wear. Okay, good. There we go. Um, you know, people are commenting all the time. And I just want to let you know, also, right now, I have Equal Justice Initiative as my fundraiser for the day. We have raised for them over $3,000 during these lives. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. and I just kind of got back on and I said, God, I feel like I haven't done a live in so long. And I was so honored to get you that in case you guys are watching, I understand we're not working. I understand this time sucks right now. If you have $5, $10, go for it. If not, right. don't worry, right? That's just kind right, of, you know, Right, Just any, every little bit helps. Every little bit. It does. Now, I saw you recently in the cultural conversations for the Costume Designers Guild. I just hope that that gets, it was so well done. And I am trying to get everybody on that show on my show. That was such an important thing. So I just want to tell you, not even to get into it, Thank you for doing that. It was so important to our guild, you know, and I really hope, I hope it gets out there. <laughs> right? Is there? Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, my cough's coming back. So right now during quarantine, uh, were you on anything when you shut down or is it something that you're going back to or? Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was on a film with, um, with Will Smith. So, um, a little period show. Okay. We were having a great time. We were shooting. We were in week three, and now we're waiting to see if we get to come back. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't even get to get into that, but I like how you put a little period show with Will Smith in the same sentence. I don't really know. <laughs> does, does that really exist? Yeah. Does it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but this is a different one because it has a little bit of money, which is different for Will, you know. To work with Will with a little bit of money, but right, you know what? Sometimes those challenges bring out the most creativity. Right. right. 
And I was uh, texting with Dana Pink, and we were talking about uh, what a what a um, uh, pleasurable relationship that you have two costume designers that have you know dressed Will Smith throughout his career, and she just told me to say like you're awesome. She, I said, were your ears ringing today? And she just yeah, I love me. I love me some Dana. <laughs> yeah, she's one of my yeah. one of my favorite people. Now, I, one of the questions I had from my assistant and I said, designers can't play favorites. So they were asking, you know, what's her favorite movie that she's ever worked on? I said, well, what about this? Why don't we ask her, what's one of your favorite movies that you wished you could have been part of just to watch? Like, I don't care if it's past or present. Is there a movie that you can think of like, ooh, I would love to just be there? <laughs> well, that probably would be Dreamgirls. But uh, <laughs> yeah, to be there, sure. Wow. I but no, what what about if you weren't able to work on but you just got to watch? Like do you have a movie that you would be like a fly um, on the wall? Maybe Looper? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Working with Bruce Willis and uh what's his uh, Gordon Joseph Gordon Levitt. Gordon Levitt. He'll be in our the Project Power. Yeah. Now, was it real was it nice to see him again after all these years? Oh, it was fantastic, yeah. He's like he's a man really now, right? He was like a boy kind of yeah. <laughs> back then. Yeah, he's really a man now. He's married with children. It's just so different. He's so it's, grown up. It's such a trip. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to look at people's questions on here. We've got about 15 minutes left because um, I could, you know, I've got my dream girl questions and my uh, Django questions. Let's see if anyone's got, just in case, we can go on here. Ooh. Oh, she, uh, there's a question um about the white chest plate with the black hood and pvc but the black hood you said that's leather yeah that's leather yeah oh, that's so and, and it's got um, it's got between the two pieces of leather is some very heavy fabric that's holding it in shape exactly you and, and that sometimes just comes about during the process right like right. now and the white and the white is basically a, is a um Oh, what's it called? You just he, she put she puts it on separately. It's a oh, like a, a dicky. It's a dicky, yeah. Oh, it's like, a, a made to order dicky. <laughs> no, I've done that because I'll do that when actors get too hot or too sweaty, right? Oh, wait a minute, I'm like, it was a leotard. It was a leotard, yeah. That you know why? That's why you got it so tight. Because I needed the fit. I needed the fit. So it was a definitely like a dance skin. Yeah. Uh I have a question here, and I think I read about this in an article, though. The choice of yellow for the cops, where did that come about, and was that a pain in the butt to find, or was it not it was, it was challenging to find, and it is um, inspired by the smiley face from uh, the graphic novel. I see those are the things that like this is so great because my assistant, like, these are the things that he'll like nerd out on because he. <laughs> That is so, and now, did you guys end up dying, or did you actually find it? Um, I think we end up dying it. We end up, yeah. We actually, we dyed it, of course, and then we found some that matched later. Oh, exactly. Doesn't that always happen? You're like, oh, there's the fabric. I was working, <clears throat> hold on one second, on Pretty Little Liars, and in the pilot, the designer uh, did this yellow top, which we see forever for the rest of the seven mm -hmm. seasons. I swear, Sharon, that fabric, <laughs> we had to die, and then it washed out, and then, we and then we found a bolt. We found a bolt hidden of the fabric, and I'm just like, oh, my God, what? 
This is, I can't the believe holy so. Grail, the Holy Grail when you find that. Oh my God. It's like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> you find yeah. it like fifth season. Um, speaking of fabric, and I know this is something, again, you've probably talked about, but you know, I've got newer students that are just starting to watch films like Django. When you, you've got your palette is saturated and gritty and rough and then you've got all of a sudden, you've got Jamie Foxx in the blue velvet, feeling himself, bringing that royalty and that power. You've got Quentin Tarantino, Jamie Foxx, and you. Where did that color come from? Oh, my God. Well, it is actually silk file. And um, we had to dip it. Edwina dyed it. Yep, yep. yep. Um, and we had to have 15 of them, of course. So... So that's not even velvet. That is the, oh my God. <laughs> I needed the texture of the file, you know, just to, because it has texture. So it wouldn't go flat. And velvet's kind of, can make you look heavy. It doesn't drape right on something right. Like, like that. So it was silk file. And um, to tell you the truth, he had scripted a. We're going to get her back. Don't worry. Everyone's staying in here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's not bad. We've only got a couple like down times, but we're going to, she's going to come right back. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for donating. Who's ever been on here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for donating. Thank you for watching. Oh, perfect. Um, so, so sorry, you were getting into, we were talking about the color of the fabric. And oh, how wow. He scripted powder blue. And then I just, Blue Boy just went right in my head, like, oh, why stop at Powder Blue? Mm -hmm. <laughs> why don't we just do the Blue Boy painting? So I just showed him that picture, and then I did an illustration with Jamie in it, and he he loved it. And, and that's then, how to sell it. And then my fear, I had to go to Jamie's house and show him these costumes, and, you know, shaking in my boots, like, he's going to think I've lost my mind. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, he loved it immediately. He just, oh, I love this. This is great. I can write it. And I guarantee it brought out, like, his swagger and, like, who he was, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. I yeah. love that. We just had a question here. Um, uh, and I actually thought of, uh, I had actually asked you this previously, but then I read a little more about it. For the Looking Glass, um, the mask that Looking Glass is wearing in Watchmen. So the fabric, number one, you know, I'm curious what that was and was it enhanced? And number two, the backstory to that. Um, of course, I didn't get, I wasn't privy to the back, backstory because maybe there wasn't one when I did the pilot. But he had an idea of what it was going to be. Exactly. I just knew that it needed to be something about him it reflects to the, it needs to reflect so incredibly that to the other person so they can see that he knows basically. Yes. About yeah. That's yes. basically what it was about. So I was, uh, you know, on a journey to find a fabric that would actually do that. So we did come close, yeah. but it's, it wasn't strong enough for film. You know, it wasn't strong enough to give that eerie effect that he gives when he's in that room, you know, um, that room is so cool. And you're right. Now that you say that, and, you know, again, I always tell the students that watch this is Sharon said it perfectly. 
you've got a creator, you've got a showrunner, you've got the directors with these stories that are this big, right? And then a costume designer comes on and you're enhancing their stories, which is totally our job. And you took that and you made that character so iconic. And now that you say that, when people wear sunglasses and they can see you, that's that vulnerable kind of moment. Right. And that's what you gave. So the best part about that was, you know, what would he be wearing with that? So at first, you know, it was kind of like, maybe you should wear geeky clothes, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, and then when Tim came, I go, let's just dress you super hip. You know, let's, and he said, yeah, I want to be like super hip. So it played better with, I think, the looking glass mask for him to be like in a leather coat, and jeans, and, you know, really stylized. It did. It balanced out because you, it was grounded, but you had the collar and the click, like everything with it was so clean, but gave him a, like a, a it, it, I'll be honest, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and, then he had, yeah. and then he had cowboy boots on, you know, so it was great. So he talked about an amazing actor. Oh, he's so, what a veteran, like he's been around and just to be able to work with someone like that, he's great, right? Oh. Mm. I, I love to hear stories like that. I love to hear that Leonardo DiCaprio was talking about me. So <laughs> coming up, before we end, you've got something really cool coming up. It's a Zoom because I want to support you on your road to the Emmys. So you've got something coming up with my girl, Michelle Cole, you, yeah. and then Devin. What is it, like a, just a round table kind of a thing? Um, I think Saturday is just me and Michelle. Okay. Sunday, it's, brought, it's a, a presentation brought by Fabric, which is a, the Black Collective. And that's Devin, Annalisa, me, and Michelle Cole. Yeah. <coughs> oh, that's going to be fun. So that's this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, everyone on here, tune in to as much Emmy grit as you can get. Because today we have Oscar-nominated, Costume Designer Guild winner, and Emmy-nominated Sharon Davis. And I think we just need to... I'm, I'm going on this journey with you. I'm going on the road to the Emmys with Sharon Davis. This is what I want to do. Um, okay, we've got a couple minutes. There's a, let me see one more question um, from a viewer. How did you design Regina, uh, Regina uh, Sister Knight costume to stay as well? She was. We were talking about that, about how you got it to stay well. So it was like enforced and just molded and multiple hoods, right? Yeah, let's just be honest, it did not stay well. We had to constantly work on that. But um, the body part would be fine. The skirt, because it's heavy leather, well, you know, hanging would start pulling. So we basically constantly were cutting the bottom so she wouldn't trip. That's, the, I've had that happen before because it grows. Yeah, but the rest of the costume pretty much was easy to get on. When you did, there's this scene where she's walking back to the cars and it's like a Beyonce moment, and the um, whole thing blows. Did they rehearse it to make sure? I mean, it was perfect. Oh, let me tell you, that thing would do its thing. It had a mind of its own. <laughs> right, it did whatever it wanted. Yeah. And she actually could control it. By then, it became part of her. It was yeah, like an yeah. The moment she walked in, she controlled it. I mean, Regina was the queen of that costume. She I she, she, this interview I saw her in, she was calling you the queen. So I don't know. You might have to fight for that one. She, she loved, she said that fitting was, and that is something that you're forever. That's your costume. You know what I mean? Like just taking it on that way. And so I know what 
long, long fittings like that look like to come up with the superhero costume. And I did that recently on Charmed. And there was no lace up. There was lace up. Then we put lace up um, here in the back, right? Like, <laughs> it just gets to that point where you finally, you, you know, you get to see that final product. And when you finally saw the pilot, like, I hope you're proud of yourself and proud of this Emmy nom, right? Yeah, I'm very proud of this project. It was high. It, everyone was so wonderful that it worked, worked on it with us. The crew was very creative. Everybody was giving 200%. So it was a great experience. Did you shoot that locally or did you shoot it not in LA? Atlanta. Atlanta. Got it, got it. Well, my God, Sharon, is there, again, I get asked these questions and I don't know if it, everyone's got their journey, right? On how they got in and how they, you know, really escalated in this career. You as a renowned costume designer, do you have any advice for students during this time that are, you know, things like this are inspiring them. Do you have any advice of just to kind of stay, you know, diligent and, you know, don't, you know, uh, let go of that drive kind of because they want to get in the industry. Right. I, I really think it's important to learn a little bit about every aspect of filmmaking. So when you are talking to your director, a director for an interview, you understand camera, you understand what the production designer's doing, you understand what other people are doing. So when, you are, when you're giving your thoughts on how you're gonna design, you're gonna automatically be conscious of what your limitations are and what, and what their expectations are. That is such a good, no one has said that yet. And I realized that before I even got into it, I was obsessed with directors. I was obsessed with looking up their work. And I mean, like you even said, to know what a script supervisor does is huge at the same time. I love, I love that advice. Now, Sharon says she's done it all. I don't know if people can do it all like Sharon. Well, but let's, I, let's just say below the line, I've done it all. I, I've never done above the line anything. <laughs> right? I need to start dating above the line. That's my new motto for 2020. Right? Go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> above the line? Cool. We can date. Well, Sharon, you have made my day. Allison was, uh, she even underestimated how much I would love you. <laughs> I am so grateful for this. People like our, my comments have been so awesome. You've been taking this time. I will see you virtually this weekend. And keep being beautiful, keep inspiring, and fingers are crossed that your pilot work, man, that was epic. So I want to thank everyone for joining, all you great other costume designers and craftspeople. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you, Sharon. And then everybody, this is going to be posted on my Instagram. So if anybody missed it, Sharon, just tell them to go to my Instagram. You're right here. Okay, great. Thank okay. you. We'll text Phyla. Thank okay. you. Bye. Thank you.